I got coffee in uh, at the Salt Lake City Airport, which um, so it is legal to sell coffee. Yes, in Utah. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh-huh. I couldn't I've find coffee in Utah. I don't know what the liquor laws are like. They're they're weird because I know you can like distill whiskey there, but you can't necessarily sell it. Well, I went to uh, uh, what's that place called? Cedar Rapids. Oh, Utah. Cedar Rapids, or is no, that that's, that's in like from Iowa. Cars. No, but that's Cedar Rapids. No, Cedar Rapids is a place, but it's not in Utah. Okay, Cedar it's City, like Cedar City, Cedar Utah. City. Cedar there. Sinai. No, that's a. You hospital. went to the hospital, <laughs> um, and they did have alcohol, but you could at only the hospital. Buy no, stay with me. But they, you could only buy it like at certain times. You couldn't buy oh, it really late. Like you blue, blue. What do they call them? Blue laws, or maybe I yeah. don't know. But yeah, you couldn't buy it like after one a, one a.m. You could only buy it at certified liquor stores. You couldn't just buy it at Ralph's. I was walking around the airport trying to find alcohol. I really wanted mm-hmm. a drink of alcohol uh-huh. on my layover. Do you think that it was because it was forbidden? That like the fruit tasted so sweet. Fruit. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I this weird. It, this is this is gonna. I mean, this is gonna make me sound like an alcoholic, and maybe I should. You know, maybe I should take stock in that. But mm. I have this weird thing about drinking in the airport. That you like it. I like to have like a whiskey before I get on a flight. Is that so wrong? I think that's normal. I think yeah. that a lot. Do you get nervous from flying? No, I don't know. I I just it's you know it like. I you know what though like I I, I don't have a problem flying. Uh-huh. I've been flying my whole drunk. life. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. But when the turbulence gets really bad, like I, there are, there's always a few split seconds where I'm sure that the plane's gonna crash. Oh, that you're gonna die. Like you know, like you know that thing where you're just you're you're just like free falling for like a mm-hmm. couple of seconds. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's the end every time. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I only once had that thought, and I just was overcome with this like sublime like. You know euphoria what I did? Yeah. yeah no i mean not Do you like, really feel like you've accomplished enough in your life that you could have I, that, I, sense I, of that, that moment yeah i was yeah. like you know what i did okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. what age was that where you felt uh, like it really kind of peaked out <laughs> i'm not saying it's gone downhill but i think i was like 24 what the f- what if what did you done by 24 that you were so proud of i was Spending most of my time just doing animal rights work, so that was okay. probably most of it. Uh, I was yeah, just yeah. like, "Hey, like at least I didn't just spend this time trying to meet my own ends," you know? Sure. Yeah. Um. All right, that's fair. Yeah. I don't. I've never. I but I've never. I've never had a flight where I didn't at least once think about death. Uh huh. Like well, that sounds healthy. Maybe I don't know. Maybe is that it normal? Is. is that not normal? I don't know. Well, I, I have do... this theory that if ever because flying is so crazy, I have this theory that if everybody at the same time like loses like faith in the fact that humans could fly, then the, the plane will just plummet out of the sky. Mm. Well, that's not true. Okay, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would say that there's no definite science in either direction. Sure, because yeah. how would you? How would you test know? It? Yeah, no, how would that's you know? true. Um. Oh. I do sometimes suddenly think of the Bright Eyes song while I'm flying. Oh, there's a Bright Eyes song about someone getting in a plane crash. Oh. And um and it's the the main character of the song is this woman who's panicking cuz the plane's going down and then this man turns to her and says we're going to a birthday party. It's your birthday party, darling. Happy birthday. 
We love you very, 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 very much. Was he sitting next to to Big Edie from Great Gardens? Is that what the song is? Oh, see, I don't even know what that means. No. I don't know. It's just a very, like, blue blood thing yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. But also um, twee. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then, of course, it goes into a, you know, one, two, one, two, three, four. But you don't, but, but, but you think about death when flying. I think about point. that song and yeah. how that song is about dying. And maybe if I die on this plane, maybe it'll go down like that. So you're Maybe a weirdo next is... to me will be like, what up, Carrie? It's cool. You go yeah. to a birthday party. It's your birthday party. What does that even mean? I think it's about reincarnation. I oh. think the point is like, don't worry, it starts over now. Yeah. Hmm. That your first that that when you I, well, I guess this is true. I guess like when you're you're born, you know, it's um, it's very traumatic. I'll Birth is very say so. Very traumatic. Uh, and and I assume that if you're like ah, and then you like come out the other side, you know, mm-hmm. you're like crashing in the ground. The oh yeah, that side. it's more it's or less the one same big thing. Trauma loop. Yeah, it could be. Uh, how so? So there's a copy of Dynamics that was waiting for me. Uh-huh. Uh, you That's ha- right. You've got the audio, <laughs> the CD version in the car. Yeah, but it wasn't playing, so you don't know if that's true. I mean, you showed me the box. Yeah, it, it's true. So it's in the car. Yeah. Whether or not you're and I was on disc three. How how <laughs> many times have you read Dianetics? Zero. Oh. Full, like all the way through. Okay. I haven't finished it yet. I guess it's like asking people if they've read the Bible front to back twice. Hmm. That I've done twice, but that was uh, that wasn't for research purposes. I mean, I guess it's all technically for right. Research purposes, only life, that was for only Jesus life purposes. research. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Dianetics. I've tried to get through. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah. not giving up. But it is. A There's a lot long of books. There are a lot of books. Oh, of L. Ron Hubbard's. Well, but, but specifically, <laughs> specifically in the uh, the Scientology series. Uh yeah, you're saying oh Elron Hubbard's Scientology books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, those there, there are, are hundreds. All, all written by him? Yeah. Wow. Do all you believe the... that he wrote all of them? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. It's not like a all... family circus situation. <laughs> right. I no, I mean he was so obsessive about constantly writing and so yeah. proud of himself for how many words he could type. And I'm sure he did write them, but all of the books that were released before 2007, the church is now like, oh, those are imperfect. We went back and we listened to his recordings and we fixed them all. You need to buy all the new editions. Huh. So there's something wacky going on there. Yeah. But as far as the original writings, I hmm. do think he wrote them, yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're, the church is in a very interesting spot right now. They've, you know, after how many years they finally really started losing control of the reins, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so they're, I mean, they're, they're definitely in damage control mode right now. I feel like, yeah, you know, it seems like they're, they've kind of, they're, they're like regrouping at the moment. Yeah. Maybe it's hard to tell. Cause like, but, but they're not like, there's not, um, you know, there's not like an active PR campaign is, you know, right. or, or more so than usual. So it seems like they're trying to figure out basically what the next move is. Yeah. Cause there was a period there until recently, like in only in the last 10 years or so did they start saying, okay, we don't have spokespeople. We just don't deal with the media. Fuck it. Before that they had, you know, Tommy Davis was the famous guy who yelled at every yelled at the BBC reporter. You'll always see him on clips of like Scientologists gone wild. Um, those people Too hot for TV. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, they used to do that. And then at some point they just said, forget it. We're not winning this battle. Why put our energy in it? But 
I also went to the Scientology New Year celebration, which is supposed to be sort of, uh, what's the word, uh, el- elitist. It's supposed mm. to be only for certain people, yeah. but it was but really you, easy to get to. Got in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in that, David Miscavige did not at all acknowledge that this had been a tough year for Scientology. He said <laughs> this was the year Scientology went stratospheric, yeah. and it was their biggest year ever, and like no mention of going clear. Even, no even, you know, um, hidden reference. There was just... you. It was as if it never happened. Is that the one where, like, in, in, in the documentary, really com- he comes out on stage with Tom Cruise in front of a big... Yeah, that was probably a New Year's celebration. They also do an L. Rod Hubbard birthday celebration. They do a couple of those things every year. So how long? So so the um, how long have the two of you been following the story? Following Scientology. How long has that been your your collective obsession? (laughs) Um, Well, when we started our show five years ago, it was already the number one thing people asked for. And we both knew a fair amount about it because we both just loved cults and small religious movements. And that's an easy one to find a lot of literature about. So we, I, I mean, I think we both have read about Scientology for probably a decade, mm-hmm. but um, have been begged to do it for five years. And, uh, you know, frankly, we were a little scared at first because of people's really bad experiences doing that expose. Mm-hmm. And also just didn't want to become the Scientology show, which is a really easy thing to become because because there's so much interest in it. We wanted to develop like something else first. um, But yeah, I guess the short answer to your question is a decade. (laughs) (laughs) How did the two of you meet? Uh, At a book club at a science book club okay we were the only two people under 40 and the only two people under 30 uh uh yeah and ross made some reference to the simpsons which i like the simpsons but i'm not like crazy about the simpsons but it was so like oh my god another person of my generation (laughs) that i I went and talked to him afterward and was like hey other person you met the only other guy in Southern California that likes The Simpsons, probably. Yeah. What are the odds totally. that you're both the same book well, party? Because this science book club was m- the. I would say the average age there is probably like sixty. Yeah. And I was twenty five. How or did 26. the two of you end up at a book club with sixty year old or sixty plus? I guess. Well, Ross, was it the Centrum Silver Book Club? <laughs> almost. Uh, well, Ross and I are both uh, former evangelical Christians, yeah. and we both went through kind of a deconversion process where we went through the whole like, well, what do you do now? Do you become an organized atheist? What? Where do you go on Sundays? Like, how far in the other direction do you do you go? Yeah. Well, and also like, how do I find community? now around when you lose that you feel like okay well i have to go somewhere and talk to people about like what existence is right isn't that what everyone does so (laughs) we both went to this place called the center for inquiry which is uh an organization that's sort of agnostic about the existence of god but asks those questions from a skeptical eye it's like it's like the jews for jesus of science sure yeah uh they're like actively <laughs> recruiting atheists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they are. Although, I mean, they're very good about accepting people who mm-hmm. who believe as well. Uh, to their credit, but yeah, we both like went through that period, and that's the period in which we met each other. Um, and 
I don't really like going to that stuff all that much anymore. I think those people are super nice, but it's just not something I need in my life anymore. Um, Ross now runs that book club. Uh, so has the, has the median age dropped at all now that he's... I know that his co-leader is about our age also. Yeah. But I, other than that, I don't know. So... I mean, it's, it's it sounds it sounds like this was a, a fairly abrupt transition for you into not being a crazy religious person. Uh, I guess so. Hmm. Are, 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 is, are your parents religious? No, no, they never were. Oh, yeah. Oh, I oh. <laughs> wait, this is the sound of me pulling my chair up. <laughs> make the intended sound. That's just you farting. You got pads. Um. Yeah, I went to church camp when I was 13. Huh. And that's it. That's the end of that story. No, it's not. At best, <laughs> that's the beginning of the story. And I feel like it's not even the beginning of the story. I feel like that's like early, maybe chapter two. Well, my my mom they believes... sent They sent you to church camp. No. No. <laughs> See? Okay. All right. All right. So apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently my dad never believed in God. Okay. His dad is was a pastor. And so my dad just kind of passed down those teachings, just kind of thinking that's what you do as a parent, like you teach your kid about God. So his so, father was a pastor and he was a passer. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. And I pasteurize milk. So there you go. Oh, really? no. That's a weird hobby for a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own. Um, so he... Told us that there was God, but, like, we just didn't talk about it very much. And then my mom believes in that sort of standard American way where it's, like, sure. not not a really active thing in her life. But if you pressed her, I think she'd say she believes. But we didn't really go to church or anything. And then a friend of mine went to Christian church camp, told me about it, and was like, and the theme this year was the Lion King. And I loved the Lion sure. King. So I was like, I gotta go. Yeah. I have to go to church There's camp. There's no other way for me to Get to the absorb Lion the Lion King. Yeah. So the next year, I was like, I got to sign up. Oh, tell wow. me about your church. And so I <laughs> signed up for this church camp. And of course, it wasn't the Lion King the next year because by then it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. what, 1995 or whatever. Tarzan or something. No, the, the theme was Anchors Away and it was all nautical. Oh. Come on. You don't like the sea? Come on. Well, not like the Lion King. Oh, like a, the, the, <sighs> like a sea lion king? No. 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 Okay, so 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 you got tricked. Not tricked. That's not the right word. I tricked myself. You got um Walt Disney tricked me. Yeah. You yeah, ended most up people at, when they say like Disney movies ruin my life by giving me the wrong expectations, that means a totally different thing yeah, for yeah. me. It means I expected a different church. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they're like a BuzzFeed article and you're like a you were very religious for how long? How many years of this um, last? Let's see. From when I was 13 until I was like 24. Wow. So 25, at maybe? least 10. Yeah. And okay. So, so you go to church camp. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, that's, I'm, that's, there. I'm at church camp. Yeah. So that's what, like five days, maybe? <laughs> or was it wasn't <laughs> a full see where you're going with this. Was it a full summer? Uh, no, it was like a week. It was, it was like yeah, a week. Maybe okay. Six days, All yeah. right. So, so take me through church camp. I've been to Jewish oh camp, but... It, oh, have you? Yeah, but it wasn't very religious. It was just like, hey, we're all yeah, a bunch it, of weirdos. And with Jews, like, it seems like you're allowed to not believe in God, and it doesn't even matter. It was wet, hot American summer, basically. Yeah. yeah. Have you listened to... 
Unorthodox, Mm-mm. Mark Oppenheimer's podcast. Mm-mm. It's all for your people. Oh, finally. Finally, finally crack in the media landscape. <laughs> um, so, it's so, actually, it's, it's real good. Okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway. a week at, a week at Jesus camp. A week at Jesus camp is uh, a lot of solo time where you're given a lesson to read and some, <laughs> no, no, no jack off motion. Uh, you're given some Bible verses to read and then some thoughts to think about the Bible verses and then you write down your responses and then you go back. It's, it sounds like, you sounds like you're describing homework. It's kind of homework. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like study pleasant. hall. Yeah. Is it more pleasant? Yeah, I thought it was because there's no right answer. It's all about you. It'll Okay. So for example, let's say the verse was like, um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. And then it would say, Carrie, uh, how does this apply to you when you're at school? And then mm. I think like, okay, when am I trusting God and when do I need to give more of my trust to God when I'm at school? And then you kind of like think that out. And yeah. When, when do you uh, like, need to give more of your trust to God when you're at school? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, You've answered this before. Well, that was made up. Uh, no, that sounds what? that sounded really specific. Was that actually made up? Yeah, it was made up. Okay. I mean, that was like, I mean, Proverbs 3, 5 is a real verse. Trust sure. in the Lord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you have read the Bible twice. I've read it. Yeah. No big deal. Um, now, when you say you've read the Bible twice, including all the uh, like lineage stuff. Yeah. Like you made a point of like. Of reading the whole thing. You're, yeah. you're a Bible completist. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely read other parts of the Bible yeah. many times, but yeah, I've read the whole thing through. Twice. But it's just that sort of thing. Like, how how old were you the last time you read the Bible all the way through? Oh, good question. I think I was in college, so okay. twenty maybe. But 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 I I do I understand I understand the impulse though of like okay I'm gonna. Yeah, if you believe Dude, it's the word of God, might as well at least read it one time. <laughs> yeah, but but even in the same way that like, you know, I feel like I, I, I need um, you know, a, a complete set of like tops nineteen eighty seven baseball cards. Oh, for sure. And you then, were a Bible completist. Well, and then like imagine that yeah. God was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. These are the only baseball cards, there's only like sixty of them. You'd feel like that I'm actually a real does doofus if I haven't read Accurately describe the tops nineteen eighty seven. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty spot on. But so the you, most, yeah, the most like I think impactful part of church camp is actually what is colloquial, colloquially known as cry night, mm. which is usually on a Wednesday. Don't know why. Mm. Hump day. <laughs> yeah, and you are because it's like midweek, maybe. Maybe, yeah. You want the, your climax about halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm talking where, about narrative, not, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you all come and uh, and worship, and then instead of worshiping for like an hour, which would be typical for a night, you'll worship for maybe two, two and a half hours yeah. until everyone's just sort of in a, a tired, elated state, and then call people down to the altar to give their lives over to Jesus. And people would come down and either become Christians for the first time or say, I'm giving my life to Jesus again. I've screwed up and here's how. And then you get to hear all these salacious stories. And that's usually what stayed with people all year was just this, this, this night, this one night would, uh, you'd really feel its repercussions through the rest of the year. Do you want me to turn that off? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm really, so I, you know, I've been flying all day. Yeah. Um, now th- this would be the time to try to convert me. Oh, okay. No, I'm asking. <laughs> You oh. feel like you like you need to, to like physically wear somebody down, and then you can kind of slip the 
word of God in there? Uh, I mean, I, at least with church camp, you would need to also be like a happy tired. It's that like excited. You know what? I like it too. Have you ever been to see Ellen taped? No. (laughs) If you go see Ellen taped, they make you dance for an hour before she comes out. And by the time she comes, it is. And the studio's hot and they're handing out hats to like try to keep you to keep dancing. And by the time she comes out, I was like crying about Ellen, like yeah, crying, yeah. like she's here. That's what you want, huh? It, 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 so it's 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 like speaking in tongues. You, you yeah, like, you, you, you sort of like you cross over. Yeah. The other side. Uh, so so take me through. I'm sorry. I, I know I'm like focusing in on church camp, but this no, is very fine. fascinating. Yeah. To me. You um, didn't get to go, as a, poor thing. Yeah, as an agnostic Jew, this is very fascinating territory yeah. for me. So, at what? So you you get you get there. I mean, you're there with your friend, and that's nice. But you know, you're, you're not coming from a particularly religious background. You, there's yeah. a little Lion King bait and switch. Uh-huh. So maybe like at first you're like kind of unhappy about that, but it sounds like you made the transition pretty quickly. Yeah. Are you asking why? How? How? Yeah, I mean, looking back, I think it had to do with not having a lot of structure in my life and Mm. really wanting like, okay, here are the rules. Here's how you can be right with God. And if you do these 15 things, you're doing okay. You you feel like your parents weren't necessarily giving you the structure you needed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they uh, they just... Were they hippies? No, they they just weren't home. Mm. Like, my my sibling and I were basically just latchkey kids. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just didn't have anything like that. Um, you like, you like, you could have joined a gang. This is what my ex-boyfriend always says. Uh, and and still friend Evan. He's always like, I just would have, your story is supposed to end up with I'm on drugs. (laughs) Yeah. You were, it was a real like go ask Alice situation right there. where like the, you know the wrong element like in the grand scheme of things like you know being religious for a little while isn't so bad oh totally yeah Yeah. no i really feel like that gave me the things i needed and uh, i mean the other side of that is thank god it was just like some mainstream more or less liberal christian protestant denomination had it been some tiny cult that had you you know dugger yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have completely ruined my life. So yeah. in that way, I got lucky. Are, are you are you in touch with any of the people from that time? Yeah, I am. Not a ton. I'm actually still pretty close with my former youth pastor, who's still um, uh, an ordained minister and a professor of theology. Um, wonderful dude. Uh, still friends with him. He has no problem with me not being a believer. So you don't you don't get the feeling like with with, with some of these people that they're all like they're. That you're lost, you know, that they're or, or that they're going to try to kind of like, I, you know, maybe, oh, here's a copy of the Lion King, Carrie. <laughs> now they're all listening yeah. and they're like, now we know how, yeah, to, yeah, do exactly. it, how to get her back. Thank God. Um, I mean, I'm not friends with all of them yeah. by any means, nor do I think they're all friends with each other. And some of them have fallen away, too. But the ones who still believe are mostly, you know pretty nice and hands-off about it but there there are one or two who i know like for example to use a really lame uh example unfriended me on facebook Mm. you know stuff like that where i was like oh this might be because of that yeah but they didn't confront me or say anything nasty jesus would unfriend people i don't know 
Well, he did say to shake uh, the dust off your feet when you go to meet, like, uh, someone who doesn't accept your message. He said, like, just... What is, is that, brush... like, turning the other cheek? No, it means, like, so if you go to someone's house and you're like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus, and then they're like, I don't care, mm. and, like, dust dust the dirt from their house off your feet and go the other way. It's like, Keep on forget you ever trucking. went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's what's the breaking point in the other direction? When do you decide that this is, this is all hooey? Yeah. Uh, so there's like, you know, the short version and the long version. Sure. You can tell the story any way you want. But um, uh, the shorter version would be I was questioning it mostly because I was in a relationship with a guy for four years who had grown up in this really tiny, really conservative Christian denomination, mm-hmm. and he wanted to get married, and he wanted to have kids. And You were dating dating all Christian boys? Uh, I didn't date at all in high school. Yeah. So in college, yeah, I guess my only two boyfriends in college were Christians. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shared values. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that. But Evan, who's like a really nice, smart guy, he had he had grown up in that environment. And so as these topics came up, he was like, so we should probably talk about the whole like you submitting to me thing. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, like that's bullshit. Right. And he was like, no, that's that's um, <clears throat> in God's word. How so, does that how does that uh, manifest itself in a modern relationship? Well, you know, what was really interesting about it is that it was so clearly not manifest in Evans in my relationship. Yeah. It was so like we were equals and it was so naturally that way. But he was like there's going to come a time. There, yeah, like I'm supposed to flex my muscle. How should we do that? Oh. <laughs> you know, and uh and so huh. I and so his his way of dealing with me not liking the idea was to say, "Well, okay, how about I technically make all the decisions for the family, but I just won't do anything you don't like. And I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So you were, I mean, I already, that also like, that sounds like role play in a weird way, but, 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 but you were already at a point where you were, I mean, I guess everybody does this to some degree, but you were already kind of picking and choosing what like does and doesn't make sense in a modern context. Yes. And that's, that's the thing. Like I finally, as I was talking to Evan about it, I realized he's the one who's right like as far as the bible is concerned you are correct i'm the one doing Mm -hmm. this tap dance around it to try to make it fit into my uh instincts about what's right and so i finally was like no you're right that's there that's in the bible and uh i remember like finally saying to him in, in the slowest way possible i guess that means i think the bible's wrong about that (laughs) and that was like you know uh the worst thing i could say but you but i mean it really um i mean i guess it was gradual in a sense but like you can you know i remember to a moment yeah i mean i remember a few you know really landmark moments like that i remember one for him that's you know more his story to tell but is he is he 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 doesn't know he's not Mm -mm. okay he's not a believer anymore but he's still Um, like dominating his relationships no no he's like (laughs) it's so funny because he also was in the army but whenever people whenever he says that people are like you were in the army because he's just such a nice person um, I'm sure there are nice people in the nope, army. Nope, not a one. Uh, so, yeah, then as that process was going on, then I heard uh, Richard Dawkins on NPR, and I went... Wow. Yeah, I went and uh, huh. 
picked up the God's Illusion, and I mean, for all my complaints about Richard Dawkins, oh man, and I have many. Good book. That that that, that smugness just <laughs> skyrocketed. I mean, he's the thing is, he was correct. But I mean, I mean he's like a, he, he's a piece of shit. But he was still no. But like that, right. what you described is like that is like crack cocaine to him. Oh yeah. No, for you sure. literally, and also, and also, like you know, when when you hear, um, you know, discussions about like teaching evolution in public school and things like that, like that is li- that is exactly what religious people are afraid of—that somebody is going to turn on NPR and not believe yes. in God. No, totally. Yeah, I mean, I remember that moment so well, like sitting in my car, the car I drove you oh. in tonight, wow. sitting in that car and like what listening that? to that and being like. You know, I'm a reasonable person. I should be hearing the other side of this argument. Yeah. And then as soon as I gave the other side of the argument any attention at all, I was like, oh, well, it's so, so it just obvious. It just accelerates like right right after that point. You're like, yeah, once you're done, you're done. I mean, but not so believing again, in God tell- is a big that's a big thing. What is not believing in God? Yeah. Yeah, and and I think there are gradual steps. Like I say, yeah. you can tell the story as in, sure. you know, as if it were an instant or as if it were a six year process, and both are true. And and you're not, um, you're not uh, pussyfooting around agnosticism the way I <laughs> always do. I I don't know. I I think I'm both. Like I think I'm an atheist and an agnostic. Mm-hmm. I the thing that I don't feel is a strong identity within like atheism I don't it doesn't matter to me if other people believe I think the world would be kind of shittier if religion didn't exist I like religious people so the people who really rally around the word atheist I just sort of don't identify with but I'll fully admit any definition you write down of atheist I'm probably going to meet it I don't believe in God yeah well but there's also this you know this I mean I think it's pretty clear that like there's no way we figure like anybody has figured out the God thing, you know. Right. As, as far as like you know, the, like one particular religion, just like oh yeah, they boom home run, like they, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. oh yeah, they they locked in, like they 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 had the answer. Yeah, and I also unlike a lot of my uh, unreligious friends, I love the idea that there would be a God. Like mm-hmm. if I could find out that there was a God and he or she were cool, I'd be like, oh, even better. It's so much better than yeah. just like a regular world where you die. Sure. Um, I haven't come to that point where I'm just like, no, the world is so much better as it is. I'm like, no, come on, that's bullshit. Of course it'd be great if there were a God. That would be rad. Think of the parties. Think of the parties. So so you guys you guys meet up at a book club. Yes. A uh, science book Ross. club. Yeah. What kind of books, what kind of science books are you reading? Oh, boy. Oh, the first one I went to was The Omnivore's Dilemma, Michael mm-hmm. Pollan. Oh. So, you know, so, yeah, I had to go because really... I had to go and explain why this is not a dilemma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we also read... So at, th- at this point, by the time you're actually devoting like some of your time to going to this book club, you're pretty much off the Jesus wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then did the... the, the, the um, vegetarianism coincide with i've been a vegetarian since i was four okay yeah and vegan since i was 19 okay yeah all right so so nope yeah all right no oh but speaking of nothing really you were saying that you're really tired oh no is that is that for elijah so i you don't get that joke yeah no what is that a jewish Jewish joke joke. i mean i recognized elijah as a jewish name um 
I've been so, on a plane all day. I, I feel like I should preface this conversation by saying that, but I think it's going fine. No, it's going great. You're great. <laughs> um, I, but you said that you're really tired, yeah. and right now, Ross and I are testing out nootropics, which are supposed to be special brain oh. vitamins that like make you uh, alert and fascinating and brilliant. Well, you could have, not... you could have given this to me before. The yeah, I forgot. Um, now that we're but uh, I in. put one serving in this little shot glass. If you're interested I've, I've in trying questions. it yourself, right. I've got a couple questions. <laughs> and here's I'm glad the thing for you to look at. It's called theanine. theanine. Yeah, lift mode greater than ninety. See, it says it's it's more than ninety nine percent purity, but it's like pure what? I don't know. It well, be pure, pure theanine, stupid. Pure yeah. bullshit. <laughs> uh, my former my former boss at a skeptical organization who turned out to be literally the worst person i've ever known Mm -hmm. uh took that took that every single day dj growthy took that every single day no i gotta cut that out now (laughs) um all right all right so i've got a couple questions yeah um so uh so that way this so this is for the show yeah okay was the beauty cream for the show what beauty cream? Didn't we using like beauty cream or something or what was that? Was it gorgeous pill? That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that was for the show. That yeah, was for the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so 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 there, so I mean there's um so there's, so there's kind of like a new agey um aspect to a lot of the stuff that you guys are trying as well. Yes, uh, although like that's not really our because um, there's no I mean there's no like you can't like you know this I mean how, how do you you're like oh well I, I'm not smarter than I was before so clearly this is bullshit I mean there's no yeah I mean our, our question what does it taste like is it it's a little weirdly sweet doesn't it has no smell yeah um, when it's you pow- taste like a powder yeah it's a powder okay. I, I find it just like a little saccharin I'm hoping this was like vodka or something <laughs> I can give you vodka too um yeah, uh, this stuff's interesting though because but I'm gonna be smarter when I take this. Yeah, okay. you'll be yeah like you'll instantly feel so like how does it better. how quickly uh, does it kick in? Yeah, people say it's pretty instantaneous. Okay. So here we go. Watching like, you like take he it. He whose name shall not be mentioned. Is it Target shot glass? Yeah, I think so. It's hmm. it's Drew Spears. I'm not sure. I mean, you would tell me if you're going to poison me, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Do you, would you like to watch me pour another one? No, no. It's I. I'm just... <laughs> All right. So, 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 so. What? what it's here, the, you want it's, me to drink half of it? No, no, no. It's fine. It's it's theanine, 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 which is what? Like what? What is? So it? it's really uh, green tea powder extract. Oh, it's like matcha. Matcha. Uh, it's probably it's a re- derivative of right. matcha. Um. Yeah, uh, from it's it's really just oh, fringe science. Um, I definitely didn't just pour it out behind me. <laughs> Good, because you're at my house. It's <laughs> not bad. Yeah. Do you feel smarter? No. I've been taking this and then like uh, seeing if my IQ raises on IQ tests. Uh-huh. I use it so far, no, but you no, know no, I have no. high hopes. Are, are are there enough IQ tests out there that like the the questions don't repeat? Uh. <laughs> Are there enough that the questions are repeat? Yes. Okay. Because uh, you'd be like, oh, I'm getting smarter and smarter. Right, right. You can't take the same one yeah, yeah. over and over for sure. Um, are they consistently at the exact same level of challenging is another good question yeah. that I I mean, could... how many of these are like like BuzzFeed quizzes that you're taking? None of them are BuzzFeed okay. quizzes. It's not like which yeah. Saved by oh, the Bell I'm character am I? Yeah. And you're like, well, Screech is 
Who's the smartest say by the Jesse? Yeah, Jesse. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, so. You know, I'm her. not a big Saved by the Bell. No, but it's, it's. You know Jesse. who is though? Is your producer? It's Jesse. Well, then he'll be able to weigh in on this. We'll get. I want him to just like edit in. Like it just <laughs> the tape just stops. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. I have strong feelings about. This. All right, so um, so you meet at a book club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Can this interview end with just the words? So you meet at a book club. Well, I mean, assuming that we never get, which is probably the case, if we never yeah. actually, if we just meander and, and don't uh-huh. make it to the end, then absolutely. Great. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, so it's not a skeptic book club. Or uh, is it? It, it is that yeah. too. I'm, I'm really, I'm actually really curious about, about the, like what, what the skeptic community is. It seems, oh, no. Okay. no, is this bad? Oh, it's okay. I just, I feel like uh, the final episode of your podcast god forbid uh-huh. when the time comes is, is going to be you guys infiltrating the skeptic community well uh, ross it's like calling bullshit on the bullshit callers yeah no you know and ross has made a good argument for doing that mm-hmm. um or doing organized atheism and i really just don't think i can do it i hate it too much i just i i could be wrong and this is all very cursory and this is from somebody who as i was telling you on the right over here is watching has taken to watching videos wherein people are um, explaining why Alex Jones is part of the Illuminati. But, but in my very sort of uh, uh, you know limited exposure, um, it seem it seems like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's a pretty strong overlap between people calling themselves skeptics and and men's rights activists. Oh yeah, okay. um, yeah. There's some of that. There's definitely like and a there's strong some real neckbeard. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's definitely a strong misogyny problem. Mm. Um, uh, MRAs with a capital M, some overlap for sure. Okay. Um, I think probably, yeah, more than your average population, but not like an enormous okay. overlap if we were looking at the Venn diagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely like a misogyny problem. Yeah. I worked for a skeptical organization. I was their communications director and and quit over a misogyny problem, as did the only other upper level person who happens to be the producer of your show, um, also quit over the misogyny in the organization. Um, and that organization was basically driven into the ground after that. Like he was being too misogynist and they wouldn't... And he was like, I'm going to They're like, quit. throttle it back. And he's like, I'm out of here. Uh, oh, you mean my boss. Um, no, no, Brian. Brian? <laughs> Brian's not a misogynist. <laughs> wasn't him. He's um, like, they're not letting me be misogynist yeah. enough, Brian. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, like, a, a huge problem there, and when women would speak out about it, they would just be laughed out of the community. Mm. Um, that seems to just be a problem in science. It is a problem in science. Yeah, or yeah. the world, yeah. perhaps, but, it, yeah. Yeah, I think, though, you add to that problem, you add um, a lot of guys who were not popular in high school, and are like, I was smart. Why did no one have sex with me when I was smart? Yeah. Everyone should like me because I'm smart. And That's then they go point. into this world where they're rewarded for being very smart. And yeah. then there are these women who are like, you know, stop treating me like a piece of shit. And there's just sort of this like uh, built up animosity that gets released. I, I mean, when when you, again, correct me if I'm wrong, okay. if I'm <laughs> overgeneralizing. But like, it, we, you know, it's a, a, in a sense, it's a community kind of built around like, calling people out on their bullshit right right yeah, yeah. so you know I, I could see why there would be a strong sense of entitlement 
Sure. You know, yeah, and, th- and a lot of finger pointing, obviously. Yeah, there's definitely it, it attracts two groups of people, and uh, it naively, attracts your 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 Brian's and your Carries. No, Brian's a nice person. Uh, no, it it I naively thought it would attract people like me because what I liked about it was the same reason I had worked at Animal Rights, which is like, oh, we're going to help these people who mm-hmm. don't know, they don't have mm-hmm. the information. So you there, see why play the devil's advocate why in a sense that's similar to you know the uh the impulse driving religious missionaries for example yeah we're gonna help these people that don't know oh yeah which i have no problem with but i'm saying that it's you know kind of two sides of the same coin yeah in the best way okay i mean i think missionaries are great i mean everybody thinks they're doing a good good job yeah but so i mean the only question then but you can't force it right yes Okay. Correct. All right. Continue. But that's that's just it, right? Like so with um with missionaries, like if you really think I'm going to hell and you're not telling me, you're kind of an asshole. Sure. So that's yeah. what missionaries should be doing. The the only question there is the strength of their evidence, right? I mean, if they don't have uh, a very good reason to think that, that's another issue. But so like with the with the skeptics, I just thought like, "Oh, cool. We're going to um, tell people about the evidence of homeopathy so they'll stop using it instead of getting chemo. How nice. And then I went, and it turns out uh, there's maybe 20% of us who have that motivation. Mm. And then a solid 80% are here to just be like, aren't we so smart? And aren't the other people so, so dumb? We should have meetings and talk about how dumb the other people are. And I just found that like so upsetting and tiring um, that, yeah, I just... I couldn't go back i wouldn't think that like everybody gets into it for a good reason but it's just so much easier to just be shitty yeah right i mean like maybe politics right i mean probably i I would assume that most people who go into politics do it for good reasons but 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 like but no but it's sort of you know i was thinking about this when you were talking about the um kind of the, the gradual transition is you know like when when you think about a corrupt politician and like you really you know if if you really if you try to put yourself in that position it's it's kind of easy to see how you can just sort of justify your way into a bad place where you can just sort of do it like one you know one one small step at a time yeah i do think there's probably people who yeah, maybe enter for a noble reason and then like they're just kind of like getting popular because <laughs> there is this little world yeah. of of famous skeptics who are only famous to other skeptics. Yeah. And I mean, that's rewarding in its own way. And maybe you would stay just to give your talks about how stupid X is and never really make any other never really reach the outside world at all. Are, are you are you, do you consider yourself a part of that community at all? The community, no. Okay. Um, I mean, and intentionally not. I, um, I'll, I'll get you know invited to certain things, and I just say no thanks. Like it's not something I want to be in. But there are a few groups who I think like are genuinely made of nice people, and so <laughs> I'll, I'll either feel really bad and say no, or um, I'll go to them every once in a while. But I can't say it's like my scene. So what's your, what 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 is your scene now? I spend a lot of time in uh, in the comedy community, yeah. really, which has nothing to do with that sort of work. But so you met at a book club, uh huh? Okay. <laughs> um, 
when so how wait, the podcast has been going for five years is it mm-hmm. okay and and how soon after your meeting did that oh right let's see i think we had been we've talked about this before and i think our answers have varied from like oh i think it was like six months like no it was like three years okay uh but i want to say it was more like a year a year and a half why uh what i mean of all the of all the formats why did podcasting make the most sense yeah i i wish i knew (laughs) um it kind of made sense with the kind of thing we wanted to do that um we wanted to have this natural experience without telling anyone we were reporters, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but that meant we couldn't tape anyone. We couldn't take uh, any pictures that we could later use, sure. really. And not having your faces on camera is also probably useful. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so it just kind of worked for our project. But I do remember saying to Ross, like, oh, I, I thought we should start a podcast. And I know I had never listened to a podcast <laughs> Because after we recorded our first one, Ross was like, you should listen to one. <laughs> I feel like that's not a prerequisite at all to start a podcast. Yeah, that's the fair beauty enough. of It podcasting. worked out. You don't have to have ever listened to a podcast before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, it's uh, perfect for narcissists. How did, I mean, did, did, was, did the show's format differ a lot from what it is now? Because, I mean, it seems like such an undertaking at this point. Yeah. Um, you know what? What differs actually is that we are less structured a little bit um which turned out to be good yeah um we had started out by literally writing out like scripts and these really hearty outlines where it'd be like ross you should talk about x and then i'm gonna talk about Mm -hmm. y but x and y would be you know very brief things so everything was really structured and there would be whole sentences we'd write out and I haven't even gone back and listened to those because it just sounds really embarrassingly bad. But we still, um, because our investigations will take place over a month or something, we'll still need some sort of outline to get it down to an hour. So we'll still do that. But um, other than that, it's pretty like free flowing as far as just like what we remember, what we think stands out. How how strict of a schedule are you keeping to? Uh, Well, we release every month. Okay. Okay. on on the first ideally sometimes that means the second um (laughs) and then sometimes there will be a mid-month release especially if we're doing something really long term like the scientology one we didn't want to make everyone wait so that the whole process took nine months um we released them a couple times a month when when you're working on something that's that's like such a big project though i mean it's there, there there have to be months where you just don't have a show to put out right no uh we just make sure that we always have concurrent things going on. Okay. So, for How many example, things right now are going on. Yeah. Um, at any stage, I would say there's probably like seven going wow. on right now. Yeah. But some will be really easy. Like, I mean, taking this powder, sure. right? Uh, I mean, it takes it, it takes a solid hour hour out of my day to like do this and look up IQ tests and research this. But, but then everything else is going to be so much easier because you're going to be a genius, right? <laughs> so the, the cards are all falling into place right, right. now. <laughs> but yeah, compared to going to Dianetics lectures, this yeah. is nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um. But <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. The, the the Scientology thing is just kind of ongoing forever. No, that's uh, other than some interviews we have lined up. That's that's done. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so it was nine parts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What? How many have aired? Nine. Nine parts. Okay. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, the last one nine we months? Heard, June 1st. No, like I said, we released some in the middle of the okay. month, so it wouldn't last nine months. So it was like four and a, I guess it was about four and a half months. How, uh, I mean, you know, it sounds like there was a, a fair bit of conversation around whether or not this would like ruin your life. <laughs> is, uh-huh. that, is that, is that, is that like how often do you end up having that conversation? Like how, is, was this the, the scariest thing that you've tackled? Uh, no, it was, it was this, the scariest thing as far as apprehension beforehand. Yeah. Um, About having your life ruined. Yeah. Just like, like, how's this going to go down? Once we had, once they had figured out who we were, they had confronted us about who we were and we had released one episode and nothing disastrous happened. I was like, okay, this is going to go okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have one of my best friends is a lawyer, um, and he's been um, giving us good advice the whole time. So I felt really comfortable about where we were legally. I knew we hadn't broken any laws, and that if they sued us, we would be in a in a pretty okay spot. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't too worried at that point. But beforehand, it was yeah. all just like, who the fuck knows? Do they come and try to poison my boyfriend? Sure. I don't know. You know. Are, are, are there any, I mean, I, you don't have to name names, but maybe you can name names. Are, are, are there any that, like, you're looking at, that you've been looking at, that are just, like, too scary? Uh, hmm. Uh, too scary. How many, like, how many, you know, I, I, this is probably not quantifiable at all, but, like, how many, like, active cults are we talking about in the world right now? I mean... Oh God, so many. Yeah. I I mean, not I don't know what like the actual sociology number is, but we have a list of just things we'd like to do sometime. Yeah. Master list, and that's eight pages. Are there? You know, we you had the you had the you have cult books lying around because sure. of course you do. Uh, you know, the, the, there's a picture of the the hail bop uh, heaven's yeah. gate. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall Applewhite. You know, are there? Are, I mean, there, I mean, there have to be. But are are they are they underground? Are there are there groups like that that we know about right now that are kind of that level or like Koresh level or? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know that there are any that right now are like the end of the world is mm-hmm. uh, on this date, which is soon. Yeah, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Are there any? Yeah, probably. No. Um, but there are definitely ones that just have been on like cult watch lists for a long time that it just seemed like always about to explode. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Rick Ross who's um, not, not the rapper. Not, or the and, prison guard. Right. <laughs> exactly. The third Rick Ross. <laughs> um, Rick Allen Ross. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's... Rar. He has uh, an informational nonprofit that just collects information about cults. Okay. It's a really good, great resource for someone like me. Um, and yeah, his list is just like endless of current groups. I mean, that, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the other big part of it too, is like how, how much can you actually infiltrate a thing? I mean, the, you know, thing like Scientology, like, you know, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing about Scientology is there are certain facets that you don't learn until you get to a certain yeah. level. So yes. unless you're going to actually like really embed yourself in there. Yes. Um, that's right. How long? How how long did you spend in on that particular investigation? Uh, I thought I, I thought it was something like three months, uh, and then I looked over it, and it was actually more like a month and a half or two months. Okay. but it was so intensive. We were there so many hours of every day that it seemed a lot longer. Well, that's the other. Yeah, I mean that's that's the other thing too. Is like you can't. I mean the podcast isn't supporting you 
solely. I mean, you've got right. to do like writing and stuff. Yeah. So you can only, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can only do so much. Um, but you were you 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 did the orientation. You 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 were taking classes. Mm-hmm. How how far did you get? Did you get like yellow belt? Uh, you know, there's there's this thing they call the grade chart. That's mm-hmm. this big poster of your journey up the bridge, the yeah, bridge yeah. to total freedom. Why? Why doesn't this poster look like a bridge? I don't know. Well, but you would know if you got high enough on the bridge. <laughs> You're right. But uh, one time I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to see how far I am on the bridge. I bet we're actually on the bridge. And we like open it up and we were at like there was the bottom level and then we we're at one level above that and the <laughs> the poster is like five feet high so like i like describe describe the, the, this poster for me it's it's uh, like stickers of your name no no so anyone can get a grade chart i got one sent to me and then you just keep it okay. in your house and i think people you have one no i gave mine to our lord and savior jesse thorne not familiar yeah <laughs> um yeah, I think people use... Like Jesse doesn't have a shit in his place. Yeah, I always... Whenever I'm on JJ Go, I always yeah. bring them some some bit of thing I'm going on her. Thursday. Should I bring them a... Yeah, bring them some cultlet. Should I bring the dog or no, something? No, just my girl. Okay. Um, I'll bring them your car stereo with the... Uh, great. Scientology <laughs> dynamics like, jammed into it. You fix this. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. Uh, what were you asking me? Uh, we were just talking so about we, the chart. We were at a book club. Yeah. You had a book, uh, no. So, 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 I, I guess, um, you know, like, like, how far into it? Like, did you actually, oh, right. did you actually, you know, did you befriend anybody? Were you actually like yeah. having like casual conversations with these people? And d- did it? I mean, that's the thing. The thing about like dealing with low level people there is, it's not like, you know, that they are like the master manipulators, or they're yeah. just people who believe. And uh-huh. I mean, in a sense, you're being kind of deceptive, right? Yeah. Or extremely deceptive, I uh, suppose. You're there I mean, under false pretenses. Yeah, hopefully not extremely deceptive. I mean, we answered every question honestly with one exception. Ross did get asked um, if he knew anyone who uh, was negative towards Scientology. Mm. And he just kind of knew, like, this is, oh my God, if I say yes, this is going to yeah. take an extra days and days explaining. Well, yeah, but that's so, also that's also like, we know when they're, when they're like, when a famous person goes on trial and they're like, have you ever heard of O.J. Simpson? It's like, you're uh, not going to not find the person who hasn't heard of O.J. Simpson. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you get rid of every person who knows somebody who has said something bad about Scientology. Right. At the end of the day. You've got very few people. Very few people. <laughs> well, he said no, and I guess they just went on. So that's the only time I know of either of us yeah. lying. Um, like when I was asked my job, I said I was a journalist. Uh, they still didn't Google me and go, look, they didn't say, are you covering huh. this? Like, yeah. but, I, went, I, um, went, I went to a Scientology orientation at uh-huh. one point because um, I, I was uh, working outside of Times Square and it was cold uh-huh. and so I went to like they took us into the theater like that's smart the thing. Uh-huh. Um, it's, you know also like hey why not why yeah. not Why not check this thing out we're, we're, oh I meant smart of them offer some warmth on oh Times absolutely Square. oh yeah. yeah I mean that, that, that's the other thing too and like and I'm trying to say this like as as non-judgmental as possible but it's going to sound horrible no matter what but like you know you sort of you go, you go into an orientation like that and you look around and you're like oh these are not the best position people in society who have uh-huh. ended up in this room. Like these, uh-huh. you know, these are the people with kind of the least to lose at this point. And those are mm-hmm. like, those are the easiest people to pull uh-huh. into your, sure. um, 
you know, but, but, and maybe this is kind of a weird question, but you know, you, I, like I went into that and I was like, yeah, well maybe, maybe I, maybe I will open myself up to the possibility that this could be something I'm interested in. And, and clearly like there is some appeal in Scientology mm-hmm. to a lot of people and yeah. to a lot of like already pretty well off people. Mm-hmm. So there's something, there's something there, but I mean, I, I, you can't, you know, I, I assume that when you go into it under, um, you know, the auspices of like doing this show that like, you know, you're not like, Oh yeah, well, you know, if it works, it works. It's like, hopefully we are. I mean, I, that's what we, I mean, we, we've talked about this at length, uh, both on the show and with each other that like, if we come across something that at the outset, we're like, I can't even consider that this is true, that that probably means that isn't the thing for us. Mm-hmm. Cause then you really can't give it a very honest assessment. Yeah. I mean, that said, we don't like, you know, live in ignorance thinking like, oh, we're completely open minded. We're some sort of magical people who never draw conclusions. But, but part of like, but, but I guess I, I guess what I'm asking is that part of the investigation is like, let's figure out what it is that's mm-hmm. so appealing to people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and I, I think in pretty much every investigation and I am thinking of a couple that might be exceptions, but pretty much everyone we've been like, shit, these people are so likable. Um, and with Scientology, charismatic leaders, yeah, charismatic leaders, but also just the rank and file yeah. in general are just like nice people. Cause if they've come and gathered as a group, then they're likable people who can be liked by a group of people. Um, they're not, uh, you know, total social outcasts who sit alone in their houses. There are people who like to hang out and, uh, and make friends. And mm-hmm. so they're going to be friendly, nice people. Um, in Scientology, there were definitely some people who were just like a little off kilter, like, um, but you really couldn't tell if that was because that's the kind of people they draw or because Scientology kind of sends you off kilter. And I think it's probably the latter. Did did you? I mean, did you find? Were you able to find something in it? Were you able? Were you, were you able to understand why people would continue beyond the level that you you got to? Mm, I think so, but only in that case, I would say only on an intellectual level. Like I can see, okay, if you're the kind of person who really likes um, structure and rules even more than I did as a as the kid who went to church camp. Um, you really like like knowing exactly what to do at every moment mm-hmm. um uh then this this is the group for you like it can it it will tell you how to run your life until the day yeah. you die um every question answered and i think for some people that's hugely appealing that it's not for me so i can't honestly say like oh i get it I feel the appeal of this. That would be dishonest to say. Yeah, but and there, I mean, there's also there, there's also this sense that I've always got around religion, you know, and it, I mean, it it applies to Christianity as much as it does like Scientology or or Islam, where it's like, well, the 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 risks are a lot greater for not believing in it. Aha, uh-huh, like a Pascal's wager. Yeah, it, it, from from like again, like going back to this or this like video that i saw uh-huh. where you know it was like it's going along great and isaac hayes shows up and you know all, all these like celebrities show up and it's great and this is a guy in a bright blue suit and he's he's talking to you and then like god i wish i could i'm, I'm gonna try to find this online at some point i haven't watched it since but there, there's just a point where there's like a total tonal shift 
Mm. From it being like a really like, hey, look at how much better everybody's life is with Scientology to like, hey, if you don't do this, you're closing the door on eternity. And like Mm. you're basically fucking yourself for the rest of eternity. Uh And that's, I mean, that's got to be the other big appeal of it is like, yeah, what, what do I have to lose by involving myself in it because what right. i have to lose by not involving myself in it is my eternal soul myself forever yeah sure yeah if you can convince someone of that yeah it's a pretty big selling point and if like tom cruise believes in it then there's probably something to it right <laughs> oh sure yeah he's a genius at the end of the day um have you listened to jenna and bodie elfman's podcast no me neither i Although just found I out it existed at the airport Oh, yes, a woman who looked like her. Not really at She all. looked like her. Kind of. And she had her hair cut. Her trademark. Yeah. She Jenna blonde. Elfman had cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't heard it yet, and apparently it's been on for a very long time, and I just found out about it. Oh, yeah, she's a Scientologist, correct? Yeah, they both yeah. are. Yeah, are oh, all she's... the Elfman Scientologists? Who are the other Elfmans? You're Danny Elfman. Oh, right. Are they related? Yeah. She is... Um... God, what was it? Somebody's married to somebody. Somebody. Somebody's married to somebody. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. No. Right. Yeah. But it's a it's a like a pro Scientologist podcast. I or it's like casually Scientological. Yeah, someone just mentioned it casually to me that that she good podcast name. <laughs> she uh she's a real firebrand, you know. Sure. She gets real mad if someone says something mean about Scientology, and yeah. I guess someone like sent in a question about Scientology or something. I don't know. How I don't did you know get blocked by? Uh, speak. How did you get blocked by Kirstie Alley? Oh, it's so sad because I'm a, I'm a. When I was ten, Cheers was my favorite show. This is a good show. And now Kirstie Alley doesn't like me. Here's what done happened. Do you know what this? Do you know what the citizens? Do you know what the Citizens Commission on Human Rights is? No. So okay, it's this nonprofit that the church is. I can't believe you're not from the Midwest because you go into that mode so easily. <laughs> I get maybe I'm talking like my mom. You got a Fargo not, thing happening there. I don't know. Uh, uh, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights yeah, yeah, yeah. is a nonprofit that the Church of Scientology runs, and they're okay. very anti-psychiatry. It's like uh, like Narconon or something similar. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're th- so they they don't believe in psychiatry, and uh, to any degree, what are you doing? Oh, she's. She's, oh, you were like licking yourself like a cat. She's licking oh, herself yeah. like a cat. Well, she's a dog. Maybe maybe you've just never seen a dog before. Mm, she, she exhibits very cat-like behavior. When you did the DNA test, was there any cat in there? No, but <laughs> I do often say that because she used to use a litter box. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Citizens Commission. Citizens on Human on Rights. Patrol. Yes. Um, Academy 2, I want to say? So they have... A Twitter account where they were saying that they've just released new ADHD drugs that, um, since they're for kids, they're like flavored. Okay. So Aaron Brockovich, ret- or no, Kirstie Alley retweeted that and was like, this is so horrific. And then Aaron Brockovich retweeted Kirstie Alley. And I follow Aaron Brockovich. Oh, wait. Aaron Brockovich is. Is she a Scientologist? No. Oh. She, so I don't think she realized. Oh. I think she just thought this was just like news. This is this is like veering over into anti-vaxxer territory. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Actually, the CCHR hosted an anti-vax okay. event last week. Is or there last uh, month. So there's crossover? There between... appears to be, yeah. Cool. 
Um, so Future episodes. So have you done vaxing yet? No, no. We've talked about it. hard, yeah. hard one for us to test, but yeah, we've talked well, about it. I mean, what one of you? Just one go of you get malaria? Yeah. What or you know, like one and one of you becomes autistic, or maybe oh, not. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um. Probably Ross. All right. So she. So Aaron retweets it, uh-huh. and I and I. Uh, follow Aaron so I wrote back to her and was like um, even penicillin comes in flavored versions mm-hmm. um, uh, and maybe you didn't know but the CCHR is a Scientology front group not that she can't listen to what they say but in case you didn't know uh, and then I, I had no contact with Kirstie Alley but immediately after that Kirstie Alley uh, to me yeah yeah. so I guess we're not friends there you go, Curry Poppy. Thank you so much to her for taking the time to do that. Uh, also, thanks to her for, for putting me up for the night. I was in town for the uh, the E3 conference, the video game conference for work, and had to book a night earlier than our Airbnb opened up. So uh, Air C&P, I guess, is what that was. Staying on her couch for the night uh, was, was was very lovely. Thanks, thanks so much to her. And true for putting me up and uh thanks to ella the dog who is wonderful and also is an internet celebrity um i had just gotten off a plane when we had that conversation um i think just come from new york and i think it was probably like 11 o'clock or midnight when we were doing that so hopefully that was reasonably coherent uh obviously uh carrie is, is is more than capable of caring her end of the conversation uh if you if you enjoy that talk please consider checking out her podcast it's ono oh ross and carrie you can find that on itunes or wherever fine podcasts are sold and over at maxfun.org uh thanks to uh thanks to her for doing that thanks to brian as always for editing the show together please uh if you like the show please consider supporting him and supporting the podcast it costs money to host the podcast it costs money to pay brian to do the excellent job that he does editing this thing together uh so please consider supporting us over on uh patreon for as little as a dollar a show we will be we will be very very grateful um also if you are uh, you, you don't have any money if you are a broke podcast listener reviews also help Please consider rating us over on iTunes. Uh, and uh, uh, follow us on Tumblr. It's rylcast.tumblr.com. Uh, like us over on Facebook. If you got any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. That's about all I got. So uh, stick around because we'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of RYL.